meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do you think when you hear those words from the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes? Maybe something in you reacts strongly against it. Maybe for you, life is full of meaning and truth and beauty. And the words of this passage, the, the video that we've just seen, they speak of someone else's life, but not yours. Maybe you find the study of wisdom, the pursuit of pleasure, rich and fulfilling and meaningful. And your response to hearing the words from the book of Ecclesiastes is to say, this is about someone else, it's not about me. This is about someone that doesn't have God in their life. Someone with a life which is not as good as mine. Or perhaps you feel something of this meaninglessness yourself. Perhaps sometimes the sun goes up and down more times than you care to notice. Perhaps your job is getting monotonous. Perhaps the thing that was supposed to be bringing you meaning and purpose to your life, that relationship, that degree, that project, that ministry at church, perhaps that too has lost its sparkle and its purpose. Perhaps you feel like the guy that we just saw, that watches life happen before him. Maybe you have everything you could ever wishful. But those words from Ecclesiastes sometimes ring true about your life too. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, like a chasing after the wind. The word that's used here for meaningless literally means like breath. Everything we experience this writer tells us, is fragile and transient and empty, like a breath in the wind. And I actually remember hearing these words for the first time, true. I don't mean that I've never read this book of scripture before, but I'd always been puzzled by how this strange little book in the Old Testament fitted into my understanding of who God was and what it meant to be a Christian. So I'd been out of university for a year, I'd been working for my church G2, and I'd been engaged to a beautiful woman for six months. And you might have thought that I was someone that could be quite content in my life, I had all of the things that a young man could want. But I was struggling and wrestling with this idea of what was my purpose, why was I on this earth, what should I do, what has God got in store for me? And I sat uh, in a picnic blanket in my front garden with Ellie, and we just read this book of Ecclesiastes from start to finish out loud. Meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And those words were profoundly powerful to me in that moment. And you could have sat me down and said, 
Look, Josh, don't worry about your life. Don't worry. God has got amazing things in store for you. God will call you to do something incredible. You've got your whole life ahead of you. But for some reason, those words didn't really seem to, to capture where I was at. They didn't really seem to speak to my heart. But it was when I read these words for the first time that I suddenly realised I'm not the only one that feels like this. And there's something profoundly powerful in hearing the words of Ecclesiastes for the first time. And there's a very easy way of getting rid of um, the problem that Ecclesiastes gives us. The, the problem that it just doesn't seem like it should be in the Bible. We can just say, well, Jesus gives us life a meaning to the full. So we don't need to worry about meaningless anymore. Jesus brings the answers to all of our problems. And I'm not saying that that isn't true. I'm not saying that I don't believe that Jesus gives us life, that Jesus gives us meaning. But I don't always feel like that. Do you? I think we all feel a little bit meaningless sometimes. We all feel a little bit like the writer of this passage. And it's not that we just need to believe a little bit harder that Jesus is the answer. It's not that we just need to be convinced a little bit more that God has a purpose and a plan. And that's why I'm I'm so glad that this piece of scripture is present, because it really speaks of the human experience. So what is going on with this book, Ecclesiastes? Why is it in the Bible? What is it all about? And why should we read it? Well, for a start, we don't really know who wrote Ecclesiastes. So some people think it was um, King Solomon, and some traditions have maintained that King Solomon was the author of Ecclesiastes, but there's not really a lot of evidence to suggest that this is true. So all that we really know about the writer of this book is that he addresses himself, the narrator, as the teacher. So we see right at the beginning, in verse 1 of chapter 1, that um, the person that's speaking is called the teacher. And this, that's the name, the book of Ecclesiastes in Greek literally means the teacher. It, in the Hebrew it would have been translated koaleth. Um, in the Greek it's translated ecclesia, ecclesiastes, which is where we get the name ecclesia, which means the church. So actually, uh, perhaps a more accurate translation of the koaleth, the teacher, might be something like the preacher, or some people translate it as the churchman. And you might be wondering why I'm boring you with all this um, linguistic, with all the translations of this word. But actually, I think it does make a bit of a difference how we think about who this person is that's speaking. And when we realise that this is supposed to be a churchman, a preacher, um, we see this narrator in a bit of a different light. This is not someone whose words we're supposed to necessarily reject straight off, but this is someone that has an experience of God, that is trying to follow God. And actually, as we read through Ecclesiastes, we see that this is a person with a great deal of spiritual wisdom. So this is someone that is living what it means to follow God. This is someone that is trying to give their life to figure out what it means to follow God. And it sounds like, to me, this is a voice of someone that is old and is looking back over their life and saying, well, where was God? What was God doing here? Was this, where was the purpose in this moment? And actually, the easy thing to do is to try and remove the tension of this book. But actually, I think if we reflect on our experience 
we see this contradiction and this confusion in our own pursuit of following God. That sometimes, even as someone who tries to follow Jesus, we experience suffering. We experience days when we feel meaningless. And I think it's for this reason that we should take the preacher at his word here. We should be convinced that this is a person that's speaking both of the amazing things that God gives to us and of the suffering and meaninglessness that life sometimes throws at us. That's why we call this series Under the Sun. This is the account of someone who lives on earth in this life trying to figure out what does all this mean? And sometimes that's really confusing and sometimes that's really difficult. And actually sometimes recognising that life is sometimes disappointing and sometimes meaningless is incredibly freeing and incredibly important. Just like when I read those words for the first time, sat on a picnic blanket outside. The fact that someone feels like this and loves God is amazing because there's a kind of permission there that I can feel like this. And we know that this world, this life is not perfect. We know that we are not perfect. But so often we put a pressure on ourselves to live this perfectly fulfilling, enriching life where every single moment is precious and meaningful and we're going to change the world and we're going to evangelise and tell everybody about Jesus and it's going to be great. And then what we do is we project this to everybody else. We take snapshots of those most fulfilling moments. We put vintage filters on top of them and then we upload them to Instagram. Look how meaningful my life is. Look at this glorious sunset that I'm experiencing right now. Look at how hot my wife looks today. Look at how hipster I am. Look at what book I'm reading. Look at this coffee that I've just drunk. Aren't I so meaningful? Don't you want to live like me? All things are wearisome. More than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing. Nor the ear its fill of hearing. What will be? will be again. What has been done will be done again. The Kohanath, the preacher, to me comes like a breath of fresh air in this culture of Instagram superficiality. Look how great my life is. He speaks an incredible piece of truth of what it means sometimes to live under the sun living with all of its confusions and contradictions. And often, the way that we approach Scripture, the way that we approach the Bible, is we find a piece of truth about God, and we isolate it from everything else, and we say, this is how my life should be. Jesus came that you should have life to the full. God works all things to your good. God knows the plans he has for you. And then we weave this tapestry of our worldview with these positive, upbuilding slogans. You are a precious child made to live in his presence and glory. We take the ideal, the theology, and we apply it to our everyday. I'm going to be a history maker in this land. And that's not from the Bible, that's from a band delirious. But we speak these words over ourselves, and actually sometimes they feel like 
in our experience, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between how things should be and how things actually are. There's a disconnect between what I know is true and what I experience every day living under the sun. And there's something disappointing about that life. There are people that lose their faith because when they were 18, they were fired up for Jesus and then suddenly life wasn't quite as exciting as they thought it would be. They didn't change the world by the age of 25. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. If you're anything like me, you'll be trying as hard as you can to remove this tension from your experience. Remove this mean, this obscure little passage from the Bible because it doesn't fit into our worldview. If we feel meaningless, it's because God is teaching me a lesson. If I have suffering, maybe God is testing me and trying to tell me something. But actually, the book of Ecclesiastes does the complete opposite of this. It doesn't start with our theology and come down to our experience. It starts with our experience, our experience of living this life of faith and trying to hold on to truth and trying to follow God. And it asks the question, what does life look like? What does it look like here for us people living under the sun? Is God always present? Does God always answer your prayers? Is there always a reason for my suffering? And again, our temptation is to just instantly try and remove these questions. God doesn't answer my prayers because he's teaching me some lessons. God allows me to suffer because he wants us to know some truth. So what if we, like the preacher from Ecclesiastes, leave these questions hanging a little longer? And I'm not saying that there aren't good theological responses to the problems of suffering and the problems of prayer. And I'm, I really enjoy looking into those answers and I really enjoy writing and thinking about those things. But is that what you really were after when you asked the question, does God always answer my prayer? Is that really what you meant when you said, why does God let me suffer? Did you just want a piece of theology to satisfy that question? Or are you expressing something of your experience? Are you expressing that God doesn't always look like we expect him to look? Life doesn't always go the way we expect it to go. The resolution doesn't always come from getting a better understanding of theology or knowing all of the right answers. Living under the sun, living a life of faith in this life, has moments of tension and confusion and disappointment. As Joe is going to come and talk to us about next week, the writer of the Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time for everything under the sun. So what do we do with this feeling of meaningless? If we've addressed it, and it's powerful for us to address that we have this feeling that life doesn't always feel full of meaning. What do we do? What do we do with our Ecclesiastes moment? Well, the preacher in this book doesn't give us an answer straight away to this question. But he does tell us some things about what we might be tempted to do. 
what humanity often does, which is we seek for meaning everywhere we can look for it. So first he tells us we look to wisdom. We spend three years getting a PhD in philosophy. We study the wisdom of Aquinas and Kierkegaard, or if we don't have the luxury of time, we ask those very intelligent people who are doing PhDs in philosophy to somehow fill that void of meaninglessness in their life. These, these verses in this um, book, I think, were put there deliberately to humble people like me. At the end of chapter 12, he, uses, he says the verse, Of the making of many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the soul. <laughs> so books didn't work. Wisdom didn't give you meaning. So what do you do next? Well, we look to pleasure. And we see this search for meaning really prominently in our culture, I think. We, we feel this void of meaning, this emptiness, and a lot of people just attempt to fill it with casual sex and drunkenness. So there are plenty of people that spend all week working as hard as they can that they don't have any time to reflect on their life. And as soon as they have a spare moment, they drink so much that they can't remember and they can't reflect on their life at all. There isn't even time to catch up to feel this meaningless or this emptiness. But I think that's a little bit of a cop-out, and that's a little bit of us putting a projection onto people that we want to judge sometimes. And actually looking for meaning and pleasure is something that we all do all the time. The preacher says, summarises the pursuit for pleasure in these words. I undertook many great projects. I built houses for myself. I amassed silver and gold for myself. I, deni I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. We search for meaning in our houses, in our possessions, in our bank accounts. Our meaning comes from how small or how large our overdraft is, how fast our car can go, the colour of paint we use in our bathroom, the number of cushions we have on our sofa. These are all things we use to try and fill this emptiness that we sometimes feel inside. But still, this doesn't shape the feeling of emptiness. Jim Carrey, I think, the Hollywood actor, I think, must have been reading the book of Ecclesiastes when he said the following. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. So we hear these words in Ecclesiastes. I have searched for meaning in books. I have searched for meaning in work. I have searched for meaning in pleasure. And none of these things satisfy. And again, I think our temptation is to try and resolve this tension as hard as we can. Maybe I'm not satisfied now, but when I get married, then I'll be satisfied. Then my life will have meaning. When I have children, my life will have meaning. When my children leave to go to university, then my life will have meaning. When I get a more regular prayer life, then my life will have meaning. When I get a permanent job, when I find a better church, then I will find meaning in my life. And often, this meaning, this purpose, is, is always just one step away. It's always just a grasp away, but we never quite manage to hold on to it. When we set our expectations, according to our friends' Instagram pages. The media, 
that we see, the films of what a happy and fulfilled life looks looks like, meaning will always be one step away. It will always be out of reach. And it's when we realise this that we get to our Ecclesiastes moment. Meaningless. Meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That game that we played at the beginning, Existentialism or Ecclesiastics, it was good fun. I thought it was a little too easy for such an experienced man of philosophy. But I think it does give rise to a more serious worry. So I've read a lot of people that would come under this label existentialism. If you don't know what that means, don't worry, because it won't enrich your life in any way by knowing it. <laughs> but I've read people like Sartre and Camus, and people that would come under this bracket of existentialism. And you get left with this very same feeling that you get when you read the book of Ecclesiastes. This feeling of, what's the point then? What, what are we doing? Life is meaningless. And these last few weeks and months, I've been wrestling with this question of, what's the difference between someone like Sartre, what's someone like Cameron, an existentialist, and the book of Ecclesiastes? If they both leave us feeling a little bit lost, a little bit alone in the universe, what's the difference? Like any good talk, um, here comes the obligatory Kierkegaard quote. So Kierkegaard said this, if there were no eternal consciousness in a man, if at the bottom of everything there were only a wild ferment, a power that twisting in in dark passions produced everything, great or inconsequential, if an unfathomable, insatiable emptiness lay behind everything, what would life be but despair? Kierkegaard asked this question, what would be the meaning of life if behind everything was nothingness and emptiness? It would be despair. And I agree with it. This is where existentialism leaves us. This is where we get off the bus and say, let's just get on living because there's no point to any of it. But this is not where the book of Ecclesiastes leaves us. This is not where the preacher leaves us. We see later, as we'll go through this series, that some of this tension is resolved. Um, and I'm not going thi- to resolve all of the tension of this now, because I think there's something really profound about living through that experience of knowing these truths. But the preacher does kind of address some of this tension a little bit in chapters 1 and 2. So he ends chapter 2 with these words. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat and find enjoyment? Although perhaps this is not the meaningful, grandiose, purposeful life we are after, although it might not look very good on an Instagram quote, there's something incredibly profound and incredibly realistic about what the preacher is telling us here. This life that we live under the sun with all of its contradictions and flaws and difficulties is a gift from God. Everything is from God. 
And there is, you'll be happy to know, a meaning and a purpose to our lives. We know that God will bring all things to his gifts. We know that at the end of time, God will complete his creation to be infinitely meaningful, infinitely passionate, infinitely full. And as we go through our lives, we see echoes of this eternity. We see echoes in the preacher's words that there is a hope, there is a purposeful, perfectly purposeful and perfectly meaningful life. But the truth is that we're now and not there. We won't ever live the perfect, meaningful, fulfilled lives that we will when we're resurrected and stand with Jesus in glory. That's the truth. But that, that's not a reason to be downcast. The truth is that this life is full of beauty. It's full of moments of wonder. But it's also really difficult. People suffer for seemingly no good reason. Life feels empty sometimes. The things of our life sometimes disappoint us. And our task, I think, as people who love God, like the preacher of Ecclesiastes, is to be people that stand in this tension. Not to be people that ignore it. Not to be people that just superficially resolve it by saying, but Jesus is the answer to all your problems. And if only you were more like me, then your life would have meaning. We're people that know that one day all things will be made right. We're also people that see God move powerfully in people's lives. We see the power and the meaning of pleasure and wisdom and work. But at the same time we cannot ignore that life under the sun is fleeting. It has moments of meaninglessness. And as we journey through this book of Ecclesiastes together in the next four weeks, can I encourage you to be people that stand in this tension? Not to mask how you actually feel about your life with some sort of superficiality, but to be truly honest about what it means to live as a Christian. To be truly honest about how you feel. The difference between Ecclesiastes and existentialism is that we are not left to stagnate and wallow in despair. The act of simply recognising that our experience is sometimes like this is incredibly powerful. But as people who are called to live in this tension, we know that there is more to life, that there is truth, that there is purpose, even when we don't feel it. So there isn't really a clever response that we can have to the book of Ecclesiastes, I don't think. There's something a little bit twee about reflecting on the meaning of existence and then writing on a post-it note what you're going to do next week. Or getting your phone out and setting your own mind to just think about how meaningless life is on Tuesday morning. <laughs> it just doesn't seem to fit with what happens when we experience this passage. So I think I'd like us to do something really simple. Um, and I think this will be different for all of us because all of us come to church and come to this life with very different experiences. And some of us will have heard these words and thought, that's, that's me, I feel exactly like the person that's writing there. And some of you will have found that really encouraging to hear that someone else feels like that. And some of you will have kind of thought, oh, well, this is a 
learned in philosophical nonsense. My life's fine, I don't need to reflect on the meaning of existence. But as we'll hear next week from Joe, that's also fun. There's a time for all things under the sun. But what I would like us to do is just to reflect on one simple truth. And that is this. That this is a world full of confusion and sometimes meaninglessness. But the God of the universe, the God of meaning and purpose, is present amidst the meaninglessness. Let me say that again. Life is full of confusion and sometimes meaninglessness. But the God of meaning and purpose is present amidst our lives. So wherever we're at, whether we're feeling far from God, whether we're feeling near to God, whether we're feeling full of meaning, whether we're feeling empty, whether we're feeling suffering or celebration, we're just going to end by acknowledging that God is present here. This book of Ecclesiastes is all about our perspective. We see that our lives are not eternal. Under the sun, we see that actually things don't always go the way we thought they would. But throughout, God is present. The God that created the universe is present with us.